everyone. It's April, and Tony, we're here again this week to do some Veronica stuff and do a little pet update. And I have to say that I'm doing the Snoopy dance over here. Um, last week, Guinness started coughing a lot more. He had some coughing fits. And I was told that as heart disease, you know, advances, that the coughing would get worse and that there was something that we could do called Lasix, like a, a diuretic, but he had to have a blood test to make sure he was okay otherwise to do this. So I took him in Monday, scared to death that they were going to tell me, you know, he's you know inches away from death. He's, and the doctor says, I want him to stay with me all day. I want to hear how he acts all day. I want to hear the cough. I want to hear, you know, see what he's doing. So he stayed with the doctor all day long while Walker was working on other dogs. Guinness would be there. And I called him at 4 o'clock, and I said, so? He goes, he hasn't coughed all day, April. I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> he said, no. He says, and he says, so I am reluctant to give him the blood test to give him the LASIK if he doesn't need it yet. So I want to do a chest x-ray. So I said, well, whatever you think, doctor. So he does the chest x-ray. He says, call me back in an hour at 5 o'clock, and I'll have some more information. So I called back, and he said, you know, if I had just met Guinness, I would have said with the coughing and everything that he, you know, that it would, that if I looked at the x-ray and everything, he said, it's moderate. The heart disease is moderate. He says, you know what this is? This is a collapsing trachea due to age. He says, so what you got to do is, he says, I have some medication for that. He says, but he says, first let's try slippery elm to put in his food to help his food go down better because he says, I think he gets food caught in there when the, when the trachea collapses a bit. Now, you all know that I have another dog who's geriatric. She's 12, 13. She has a collapsing trachea. And they gave me a medicine for her that... I give to her every time I feed her, I have to put her down the food, and she stopped coughing. She hasn't coughed in weeks. And so I am beyond relieved. I am just beyond relieved because I thought it was going to be the axe coming down <laughs> saying, okay, here we are, end stage, let's go. And it isn't. Now, he's, again, he's 19. We get back in the car, and he's sitting in. I have to build a pillow fort in the front seat because now that he doesn't see well, he miscalculates where the edge of the seat is and he's slid forward onto the floor a few times. So I build a pillow fort so that if he slides forward, that he falls into pillows <laughs> instead of on the floor. So he gets in the car, he plops himself down on the, on the pillow fort and says, I told you so. I told you I was fine. And I'm like, well, sweetheart, you scared me. I had to take you in. I had to find out because that's what I have to do. I have to take good care of you. He goes, well, it was kind of a fun day. And he just starts looking out the window like, okay, <laughs> next. And so I'm home with him. Now, of course, he has some mobility issues, you know, but he, you know, he walks a little slower. He doesn't see well. He's almost blind completely in that right eye that was injured years ago. And doesn't hear too well. I have to real. I have to clap my hands when I talk to him so that he knows I want to talk to him. And then I think he reads my lips because he always understands what I says. But getting 
him his um, attention is always a little bit difficult. So I clap my hands, and he turns around and goes, what? And then I can talk to him. I have to tell you that this is going to be a wonderful holiday season for me because Guinness is going to be here, and he is going to enjoy the holiday with me again. I am blessed beyond belief that I get to have another Christmas with Guinness. So, Tony, how's your brood over there? Well, we're fine, but that's wonderful news. Absolutely oh, wonderful. I, I am beyond, because I thought it was the end. With all this coughing that went on over the weekend, Oh yeah. I was, yeah. I was beside myself going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, and scared to death to even call the vet. I wanted to just ignore the whole thing, but I knew I couldn't. That would be irresponsible. Right. But the part of me just wanted to throw the blanket over my head and say, okay, this isn't happening. So I bit the bullet. I went in, and it was all good news. And the vet's looking at me like, it's okay, April. He's ah, he's got heart disease. He says, but you're giving him all the herbs and stuff. He says, and especially the taurine. He says, whatever you do, don't stop giving him the taurine. Yeah. And keep giving him the vet med that I gave you. He said, because right now, he's fine. Old, yeah. geriatric, yeah, fine. So I came home, and I have to tell you, I was just beside myself with the joy. I bet. I bet. <laughs> I would be, too. And, I mean, of course, you know how much I love him. So that's good. That's great news. So, you know what? We might make 20. We just might. We just might make 20. I think that's more like into next July or August is where I think his birthday was. All right. Because I got him about a year and a half, almost a year and a half, I think. So I think he had like that whole year, he was about a year old when I met him. And yeah. then that it took about a couple months to get him out here. But right. he's okay, Tony. I think that's wonderful. Cause I was there and I was kissing him. It was, you know, he's such a part of my heart, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. That was the best caper we ever did. Yes, that was our biggest caper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. But we pulled it off beautifully, and we got him here. We did. And we did. he's been with me for since the be- end of 2005. Yeah. He's been here. Yeah. Absolutely. He's my snarky boy. That's what I always call him, Mr. Snarky. He's always got an opinion and not afraid to tell you. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, I mean, he is a New Yorker. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Oh, yeah, he'll tell you what he thinks. So how are your your babies? They're doing good. They're doing good. Uh, Alex has recovered from having three teeth pulled. We're all good there. Um, yeah, knock on wood, everything's good. You know, and Q, the cat, she's doing great. And, you know, life goes on. You know, it's getting cold out now. So right now I'm in the car looking at the ocean. My friends went for a walk, and I'm doing the show with you. Oh, cool. Okay, well, I'll go get Veronica then. Okay. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. As we all know, that's great news, and uh, keep our fingers crossed and 
keep moving forward. Um, and I encourage, I mean, we got some great questions, and I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com, and that's I-N-N-E-R whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, yes, we are. Good day to you. Good day to you. Well, our first question is coming from Doug. Is there truth to the theory that the human evolution jumped from Emma to Hormita? You'll have to pronounce that, Veronica. Was yes, it's simian, simian and hominid. It's okay. from the ape family to human. Ah, okay. Was the result of a genetic manipulation from ETs or was it a complete natural process over time? Hmm. Evolution, physical evolution, does take time. And the human form has evolved from an amoeba. And yes, it took a lot of time. Now, along the way, of course, the planet was visited by more advanced civilizations. And there was some, we don't want to call it manipulation, we'll call it support, where they helped these simians to sort of make a little bit of a leap into a more evolved state. Now, it didn't happen across the board to every single one of them, but there were some that did have some genetic support. Not all of them. But the ETs that came, they weren't doing it malevolently. They were trying to be helpful. They thought, well, you know, they're pretty intelligent. Maybe if we helped it a little bit with genetics, they could... uh, have a better participation and evolve into more intricate kinds of bodies. So that's how it happened. There was a little bit of interference, but it was not interference in a way that it was a manipulation and they were going to mind control all this. That's not the truth. The truth was that the extraterrestrials that came wanted to be helpful, to help these beings become a little bit more intricate. That's all. All right. Our next question from Trevor. Is there anything a casual, clean entity cannot know if it wants to? And it's a causal, causal plane entity, which is what we are. Ah. And, and, you know, we do have good vision where we're at. We do have the ability to know quite a bit. But you have to remember we're also a collective. And there's 3,000 or so in that collective. So if there is something that is talked about and we do not have an awareness of it, there's always another energy within the collective who blends with us that knows. So we're at a very opportunistic place where we're able to communally get information from others who are in our collective if we need to. Okay, are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. Okay. Um, Our next question is coming from Sharon. Is Earth 
the most advanced technology civilization that exists in the galaxy? Hardly. You are sort of trying to catch up a bit. A lot of technology that you got from extraterrestrials um, and have developed it. But it's certainly not the most technological civilization that exists in the galaxy or any galaxy. There are those civilizations that are eons beyond the intelligence and awareness that is currently going on on your planet. It will take a lot of time for that to develop. But in the meantime, along the way there have been, you know, spaceships and stuff that have crashed and the human has taken the technology and deciphered it. It took a long time, but they deciphered it. And they're using it. But it's not anywhere near what it would be on that planet that those spaceships came from. So the human race has a ways to go before becoming defined by being highly technology-oriented. It's starting to happen a little bit, but it's still in the elementary stages. So we'd say the answer is no. You're not the most advanced. you got a ways to go. All right, our next question is coming from... When we are living parallel lives, but it means that we are living parallels on the same planet. I live in Africa, so could I be living in the U.S. as well as in another realm of the universe? All right. Parallel lives. Those are the lives that, let's say, here's John Smith. He's living a life. And let's say he's a computer analyst in New York City. He has parallel lives. But they're not located in the same dimensional space. And they, he is still John Smith. You are not living in any other place in the same dimensional space with a parallel life. It's you as John Smith and John Smith enactment of other choices that he's made along the way. He's made choices. Maybe he chose to get married. He chose to work as a computer analyst. He chose to have a degree. He chose to do certain things. All the choices that he didn't enact, that he rejected or did not follow through on, uh, can be reenacted in a parallel life. That's what a parallel life is. He's still John Smith, but he's made different choices. Now, he could be living in another place, but it's not in the same dimensional space of linear physical that he is in. It's in that more, we'll say, other dimensional space. And it's all encompassed in John Smith and his journey. It doesn't extend outward to include anything else. It includes just what John Smith is doing. And the parallels are John Smith, and maybe he is living in another place, but it's not at the same time frame that John Smith is where he's creating these parallel lives. It's not about being in another realm in the universe. It's about 
your personal choice making and having you be able to enact and participate in all of the choices, not just the ones that you chose in this particular physical life. Now, chew on that a little bit and we can talk about it more or ask more questions about it, Shane, but from the question you gave us, that is the answer for now. But if you wish to ask more, please do. We enjoy the conversation. All right, Veronica, that was our last question. If you'd like to take a break and come back and give a message to the world, that would be great. All right. Okay. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show. And, um, Jen, I there's so much I don't know and so much I'm learning from the show. So I hope you are, too. So I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com and don't be shy. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. And we think today we'd like to talk about gratitude and appreciation. All of you are living the lives that you have carved out for yourself in this particular reality. Sometimes good things happen. Sometimes bad things happen. And we think it's really important to have an appreciation for anything that happens. Sometimes when something bad happens, immediately you want to move into this, like, poor me attitude, like, oh, everything's against me. And what needs to be done is to appreciate the fact that you've created a difficult situation for you to evolve from and grow from. So even if something bad happens, you should appreciate it showing up so that you have the opportunity to grow yourself. Good things happen. You have gratitude for it as well. You appreciate it, but you also have gratitude. Say thank you. Thank the universe for anything that it sends you, good or bad, because sometimes a bad thing happens and the results of it are better because it happened. So don't judge situations immediately and don't immediately lament Don't move into victimhood. Decide that you're going to take each situation, appreciate it, why it was created, appreciating why it was created. Then you can move into gratitude, but it did because the ultimate outcome of all of it might be better that it happened than not. We understand you're all living in a very complicated environment, but perhaps taking a moment or two for appreciation and gratitude might help you, and it might give you the clarity you need to move forward in a more positive manner. Don't immediately become sad or upset. Look at it and say, what can I learn from this? There's got to be a lesson here. I may as well find it. And if you find the lesson, a lot of times the bad situation makes more sense. So decide today that you're going to take the time to really look at things, good and bad, and appreciate why it was created, and then have gratitude for the growth that you're going to get out of it. Life is complicated, but if you walk through it slowly and really look at it, you can glean a lot of growth, and that's the whole reason you're here. So decide today to include gratitude and appreciation in how you move through your life. You won't regret it. Thank you, Veronica. That was a beautiful message. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. We'll be back with you next week 
with more questions. Until then, have a good weekend and 